Hello and welcome to another episode of Core Values. I'm your host, Greg Spencer, and with me, as always, is Superintendent Chuck Perry. How are you doing today, Chuck? I'm doing great. Thank you. Hard to believe, but we've almost got through an entire first semester of school. It's it's almost over. we got two very special guests here with us today. Why don't you introduce them for us? Well, you bet. To my left here is uh, our Famous Broken Arrow Freshman Academy principal, <laughs> Andy Rice, has been in the district quite a few years, and he'll tell you some uh, background. And then Brandon Chitty uh, was a former Teacher of the Year and is our uh, executive director over instructional and virtual technology and uh, just is an outside-the-box thinker, and it's exciting to hear what he's got going on just across the district and here today at we're discussing with eighth grade academy yeah awesome and like chuck said why don't why don't we start out kind of give our viewers and listeners a little bit of background about yourself you've been on here before this is this is not your first time Mm -hmm. but we'll still have you do it but let's start with andy all right so hey first time this has been great so far um so i'm in my second year as the principal at the freshman academy um it's a building that i am loving to death um we're we've got a lot of great things going there and so um, it's really exciting about what we're doing and, and where our, our direction of our, our districts is going with this eighth grade academy. So look forward to that. But um, no, I've been BA guy for a long time and uh, just I love this district and happy to be here. And prior to going to BAFA, you were at the high school for several years, right? Correct. Yeah, I was uh, started out as a math teacher there, um, got to coach baseball. You know, we uh, we had some pretty good success there. Uh, jumped into the math department lead. And uh, then Larry Lewis, of all people, recruited me to be an admin and started uh, playing that game and got to act as the associate principal for a couple of years with Ms. Barber. And so it's been a great transition. He's done a great job at the Freshman Academy just with the culture and um, kids feeling welcome and staff feeling valued in that building. He's done it by, I, I told him before, just hard work. And that's being out, being visible. Um pushing the staff to be the best that they can be and invest in the students. And uh, if you want a part of your day to feel good, you go see him at lunchtime or between classes and how he interacts with the students and just appreciate the job he's done. And Andy, you've got a military background. So talk a little bit about that and how that has kind of helped you become a better leader as a principal as well. Yeah, there was a beautiful thing happened in uh, August. Um, So I retired from from the army and uh, so I got to play for 23 years and so you know the whole thing that I've done in the military and probably the thing that I'll hold a lot of my successes is too is that I built teams in the military so no matter um, whether we were in states or whether I was you know um, in other places um, we were always building teams and you always have to build that trust that leadership and then you've got to get people to buy into what you're what you're trying to do. And so, the better you do that, uh, the better you're going to have success. And and it's a beautiful thing. Well, and Brandon, you are a, a BA lifer like Chuck, and you're mm-hmm. a team builder like Andy. So tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not going to let Andy off the hook. We're going to talk about him for one more minute. But as he says, he is a team builder. One of the things that I've always been impressed uh, with Andy, and and at the beginning of the school year. Uh, we always kind of walk around and ensure places are starting off uh, nice and well. And uh, the first day of school at the freshman freshman academy, you can just imagine the chaos 
that happens there. And um, I know while I was there, uh, Andy's just out and about, right? He's not in his office. He's not a, a principal that sits at his desk. And so um, one of the things that really impressed me is that uh, when I was walking by, he was, you know, sometimes we have students that, you know, might have a little issue with their previous school at the end of the year, and then they have to come in and they walk right into a discipline situation, you know, and that's not a great way to start. And uh, Andy, that, that's just such a small thing, not a ton of kids, right? But one of the things I saw him do on the very first day of school is intentionally go to those students and welcome them and give them a good start that's not negative as then their placement was. And I just was, Huge. I was just blown away mm-hmm. by that effort. And, um, you know, I think there was maybe two or three kids that were in that experience out of 1,500, but it was intentional and it was meaningful. And uh, those kids probably had a whole different outlook on their future at that school than they would have otherwise. And so just from the micro to the macro, Andy just really hits it off. He does a really great job. So, Andy, did you have anything nice you want to say about Brandon? No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we we do have Brandon's daughter with us. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's so. hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, I that know, right? Because <laughs> I'm a BA lifer, man. Yeah. It's been a long time. No, I graduated in 2002. I uh, started working uh, in Broken Arrow um, in 2000 probably five subbing and didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and then started teaching in 2007 and uh, just been here ever since. Been uh, having a lot of fun and a lot of support from leadership to do a lot of amazing things. Uh, one of the things that I'm really excited about leading into, you know, just some changes in the evolution of school is, you know, everybody's hearing about artificial intelligence and what that's doing in the space. And uh, it's just super exciting. Um, there's actually two companies that uh, we are partnering with as they develop currently so that we can have impact on the outcomes and build some relationships in those spaces. Um, what we're really looking at now is, is really uh, student learning through um, that that tool. And, uh, you know, to generalize uh, kind of my belief about it is uh, we're really excited about changing the starting point for students so that we can change the ending point. You know, because like if that. we can we can jump the students further forward in the process and they can get further forward at the end. And so uh, really excited about some of that stuff. And um, especially in this uh, space we're talking about today, um, some things that we might be able to do ex- that, that are exciting um, for these students. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So before we are, we're going to kind of dive into the main topic that we're here to discuss today, and that is the eighth grade academy that is. Construction is, is coming up pretty soon, so we're going to kind of hit those points. You guys are obviously both integral in, in this and how this is going to evolve. But, uh, Mr. Perry, talk to us a little bit about the process of when this started. It kind of dates back to the 2015 bond and and kind of how it's evolved. Let's, let's discuss that and kick that off. It uh, has been a roller coaster ride at times with the 8th Grade Academy. Um, there was money allocated back in the 2015 bond issue towards a sixth middle school. Yeah. After a lot of discussion um, with a lot of uh, different stakeholders in the district, we really determined that we may not be preparing our students for the high school transcripted years and getting them in the pathways that we want for uh, that end goal of preparing them for a career. And we had to look at that as we grew as a district It was becoming more difficult with five different middle schools to prepare those eighth graders to move into the freshman academy. And so that's when we took a step back and went the direction of um, building a sixth through eighth middle school and going with uh, something that hadn't been done in Broken Arrow before. Um, The bad part of that was with the 
rising construction costs during that COVID uh, time period, uh, what we had allocated to build this um, <clears throat> had actually doubled uh, what we intended to. So we had to take a step back. Uh, we looked at Sequoia Middle School for a variety of reasons. One is its central location in the district. <clears throat> it had room and land to build onto and building additional classrooms there and using that as a point to uh, be in close proximi proximity to the freshman academy and um, allowing those eighth graders to take some upper level courses and kind of a pilot program as we look to um, build a district-wide eighth grade academy. This, uh, when it opens in 25, 26 school year, it'll just be for those within the Sequoia boundary. Uh, but the eighth grade academy will be a separate building there on campus and it will have its own principal and uh, more of a focused, intentional, um, instructional piece to it than uh, what we have in our other middle schools at this time to kind of lead us of where we're going as a district. Again, our ultimate goal, um, not only on that academic side, but we hear it all the time from uh, the chamber and business partners in town is they're looking for an educated workforce that's prepared um, to go out into a new world of different jobs that we've never seen before. And I think this eighth grade academy is a, an integral part of that and a piece that's been missing. So um, I'm anxious for uh, these two gentlemen to share more about that, what that programming is going to look inside the building. You guys have anything you want to add kind of on that topic coming from your, your perspective? Um, well, leading into the, uh, you know, anything that we do in the district is all about stakeholder, um, you know, people being involved in the process. And so uh, I think almost it's almost been a year and a half that we've been talking about um, and, and having committees about the eighth grade academy. And to Chuck's point. <clears throat> this it was it's evolved a ton. Yes. I mean, we we've thrown away notes, we've thrown away slideshows, we've thrown away uh, talking points. It it just it, and so it, and it remaps and then everybody's okay comes back together. Okay, well, and that is, tends to be what happens with any kind of project yeah. like this. I think and it's I a good thing. Vanguard yeah. was very similar yeah. the development yeah. of what it became and you know. well because you have to take in the what's changing right like and that's what's super powerful about this is like you know it. If it was was that if we had a blank check to do whatever we wanted to, then it, you know you can do whatever you want, right? But in, in, in the end of the day, we were supported to you know uh, do what what we're trying to do with the funds that we have, and it's very special to see the group of people you taking student success very seriously, and our stakeholders and doing what we can in the best way we can with the restrictions that we have. And so um, with this committee, that's what we're empowered to do. And so we have, you know, taken the paper, crumpled it up and thrown it away three or four different times. And uh, the most recent time, I think we've learned through that process of trying to not put us into boxes when we do this development and kind of think of it more broadly. Like, what are the outcomes that we want? What are we looking for? What can we do in this space? How can we make it special for these students? And that's where we've really gone from. And so uh, the last uh, committee that we had, 
uh, we broke it up, and uh, there was probably about, what, 35, 40 people mm-hmm. uh, in that committee. Uh, and that committee was pretty stable with the committee members for about a year. We met about once a month uh, and went through some different structures and, and co- collaborative uh, work to come up with some things. And, and at the end of the day, we were driven through several um, hierarchy uh, ideas. And so some of the ones that really stuck out were student leadership, building climate and culture, technology opportunities for students, and academic programming. I think there was a total of eight, but some of them kind of bled over into each other. And there were some really powerful things that came out of that. Um, And some of those things were were things that are already happening in the district, and some of them are going to be special to um, this location. And so we're really excited about that process. The last meeting we had was actually the presentation meeting. And so um, I led the technology for, for students. Andy, yours was the... At the building climate. The building climate, right? Because yeah. <laughs> obviously that's what he's amazing at. And so we worked, we kind of siloed off and worked in our groups to really focus on those uh, those items. And then we came back with presentations um, to do for the entire group. And so at that point, that's where we are now. So we've, we've had these ideas, we have these presentations. And so now we're going to come back and say, okay, what stuck out to you about each presentation? Where, where, where do we put our energy at? Uh, and what can we try? truly do to make this place uh, really special. Love it. Yeah. And, and as we dive into kind of the next question, talking about, you know, circling back to the building itself, we've kind of landed on a 50,000 square foot building, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, that can hold between 450 to 500 students and 22 classrooms, right? And two science labs. Two too. science labs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, anything else in there that we want to talk about or kind of how the facilities could be shared. Well, one thing I'm really excited about selfishly is um, the big lobby and Chrome Desk area. So um, one thing that uh, over the time, I mean, we went, we were truly one-to-one in the secondary space in about 2019 from 6 to 12. We were truly uh, one-to-one first through 12, and we have 10 in each kindergarten and pre-K classroom. That's that's a large number of devices. I mean, you're talking 20,000 Chromebooks to manage and move and repair and do all this stuff. And the craziest thing is, is since we've been one-to-one 9 through 12, we've had the same amount of support to just ha- like support the 9 through 12 devices that we do now for pre-K through 12. So one of the biggest things I'm excited about mm-hmm. is we're getting a new Chrome Desk lead teacher, which is somebody that that's all they do um, in, in an entire day, and it is student, it's a student-led, right? So we have at, students at in At the time, there. we just have two of those, right? Right now, we one, only have one two. One at Bath and yeah. one at the high school. And we've only had two since 2000, I would say, 17. Yeah. So since we've even, you know, when we just had four classes having those, you know, full, you know, enrollment classes, having those, we've had the same support structures. And so this is going to be huge for those people. This is going to add some relief there and allow us to do some things uh, a little bit um, more succinct. So we're really excited about that space. Um, One thing that we've learned through time is this is one of the you know, we're really being able to build it out through knowledge, right? So that Chrome Desk space of, of, you know, what we've learned in our other spaces to really make it intentional um, and what our team has done with um, the contractors is amazing. And so we are truly excited to offer that to our eighth grade students. We've never had eighth grade students. We don't have that course for eighth grade. Um, and so this is an opportunity for students that are there that is unique um, to, to that grade level. Any other things in terms of pro new programs and technology that we're going to do that you guys want to hit on? So I think something that's been 
just so beneficial at the Freshman Academy is us bolstering up that leadership program. And so I am, I'm super pumped to get that principal in there and then to start looking at what does that transition look like? How, how can I take a little bit more mature ninth grader um, who's already showing leadership promise and then start, you know, benefiting those eighth graders with that, and, you know, and then, you know, not, not only does it help that, that school itself, it helps the culture of that school, but then really selfishly it's helping my culture. So, you know, and then with, with the way we partnership with the leadership program at the high school, we're only driving better and bigger things to, to just help all schools. And so I'm really excited about getting the right principal in there, partnering with them, and then just making a lot of our programs, honestly, very seamless. So, Do we know what the timeline is in terms of hiring a new principal? Because I know sometimes, obviously, we're not starting until 25, 26, but you like to give them some some leadway in terms of pr- preparing. Correct. We'll <clears throat> post it here this second semester, and even though we're not opening it next school year uh, in the 24-25 yeah. Um, somebody will be filling a dual role with what they're currently doing and um, working to build a staff because you've got to give that principal some time starting something from scratch yeah. to get the right people, get the right fits, and uh, make sure that they have a team that brings different things to the table um, and really uh, preach what our goal is for this academy. If we are just building more school sites or classrooms and planning on doing school the same way that we did 10 years ago, shame on us. Uh, we've, we've got to look to, um, again, I'm going to go back to preparing those um, young men and women to, um, you know, work and earn a, a career field that they feel like they're connected to. And I think that needs to start at the eighth grade level of looking at those things and um, I think having them all in one place is going to be a great thing and um, allow our teachers to really flourish and, and prepare those kids for the high school years. Because once you get high school, there's, it's hard to do do-overs at that, mm-hmm. that point. And uh, if a kid starts out behind uh, by that you know, first semester as a freshman, it's difficult to get caught back up. I mean, it takes a lot of work. And so... We want to make sure before they get to that stage that they're they know what they're getting into at the freshman level, and then give them some uh, relevance to their education of how, how it's going to benefit them in the future. Brandon, any other thoughts about the academic benefits of an eighth grade academy, or kind of in your mind, what what you think, why you think this is the right decision? Yeah, and I'll, I'll just piggyback on something. So when I talked about kind of the committee that got together, and one of the important things to to think about when when we're talking about hiring early. So the next step on that committee is really getting <clears throat> that leadership in place mm-hmm. so that they can start leading that committee because uh, they'll be doing the research. They will be really the leader to take us where we need to go. And so we were, that's really kind of that next step that we're really excited about. Um, academic you know, programming, you know, in inside of my real wheelhouse is not very as much specific. It's really agnostic to the content, right? Um, I think we're really excited about leadership. We're really excited about building a a community of that graduation class um, there and and giving them some opportunities that lead them uh, to be more prepared in the future. Um, for me, when we were really looking at this space, and I know one thing that we talked about a lot in our committee was. Um, 
was equity, right? This is something that really came up is like, well, can can you do that everywhere? You know, mm-hmm. can you do that everywhere? And I think one thing that we have to consider about this space is it's an opportunity to, to try things mm-hmm. um, that we're, in, we never try th- something that's not research-based. We never try mm-hmm. something that's just off the wall, right? But where we can try some different learning techniques, to try some different things to engage children. Um, and so that's something that we're excited about the space because when we're sitting in here into this committee, we're hearing all these things and the question always becomes, well, how, how could you do that on a larger scale? And it's like, let's just see if we can do it here. Let's see what we can accomplish here. Let's see if we can improve the outcomes for these students. And then we'll look at how we can tackle those things in the future. To Chuck's point is, you know, we can't be doing school the same way that we've always done it. So we've got to find a space to be able to kind of, you know, mold and do some things a little bit different. And so this is one of those. And so when it comes to technology, we're not filling the classrooms the way that we filled the classrooms everywhere else. Um, when I proposed what we would like to do in those spaces, we really talked about, not to be specific or to put ourselves in a corner, but a couple of the ideas were, you know, we have those touch boards and like the smart boards. And, and we've really seen in the secondary spaces that students don't really come up to the board, right? And it also puts them in kind of a vulnerable state because they're backs to the class, you know, and then they're up there nervous about what's kind of going on. And so we're really looking at kind of that whole whole student learning experience and uh, looking towards more of maybe like a, a TV, just a display up at the front and then a touch device that's mobile around the classroom that, you know, a teacher can walk up to uh, to Andy and hand the device to Andy and say, hey, work this problem out. Now, Andy's at his desk in a more comfortable state, right? Being able to, he's they're able to see what's up there. The teacher's also within the classroom, right? And that's what we want. We want mobility. We want uh, connections with teachers and students so the teacher can be in the midst of the classroom teaching and, and, and the, the students are looking so she can aid a student at, or he or she can aid a student as as teaching is happening and so that's something that we're really excited about kind of testing and those are some things that like if that works there if that's a great solution then we might look at that as we move forward um, there's also some uh, technology and uh, hardware and software where um, you know you you basically have a framed glass and I'm going to do my best to explain this but you have a framed glass and a, a camera on the other side of that glass that that records you through the glass and you're able to write with like neon markers on the glass and the the software actually will reverse the all the images so that what's projecting on the screen is your face in the right way and all the text and everything the right way. You could bring up a YouTube video. You can kind of opaque it so they can still see you. You can circle things, pause it. You know, it's just this next level. And, and if you're looking at all these tools, what it's doing is it's actually engaging the teacher with the students in the learning and not that expectation that I'm talking and you're listening. And, you know, if my back's to you, I'm teaching you and you better, you know, learn this information. And so we're just really looking at some ways to uh, heighten the engagement of the actual instructional model inside of our classrooms um, with aid of some technology. We also uh, are looking at just some things that could be unique in this space with artificial intelligence coming up. Is there any opportunities in that space to give some opportunities for learning for students? Um, So just those have been all those discussions, um, and we're really excited to see what uh, comes of that. I love it. And Mr. Rice showed me a, a, a the video board or teaching tool with the glass the other uh, day. And it was, I mean, it's a new way to present information. I love that engagement piece where your eyes are on the students more. And I was going to add to about what you said about how to, how to do this. There's a lot of ways of grade configuration, even in the Tulsa County area, different districts do things uh, 
uh, uniquely that fit their district. And we've got to do something that fits and works well for Broken Arrow. And um, by far, you can slice it up any way you want. It still takes a great teacher and in a classroom with the best instructional practices that really care for the kids and are engaged with the kids that matters. So it's not necessarily the the grade configuration um, on the uh, that determine the outcomes, but the way we have it set up now, sixth through eighth grade, it's just a, a factual thing of how we spend our dollars of molding that site for, uh, let's say, the electives and all the things that we do for a sixth grader and an eighth grader. And that sometimes is not the best, again, for that eighth grader. And here we'll be able to be totally intentionally focused on what's best for eighth graders and the courses we offer and and what technology we have to offer. And it's not watered down as much in sixth or eighth grade. And our middle schools are have been great and our sites are awesome. I love our middle schools. Uh, there's no perfect scenario, but I like what you're saying of looking at those new things and, and making sure that it's a new way to do school and it's age appropriate for those eighth graders. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about enrollment, kind of what this process is going to be. Is it application-based? Uh, is there going to be any rezoning, redistricting involved in this decision? Anybody who, who wants to jump in here and talk about this? Uh, right now, you know, as a pilot project, we're going to be starting it as a, um, you know, within the boundaries of Sequoia Middle School. Yeah. And um, as we grow, that may change. We may save some spots if we offer some specific program there, programming there that could benefit students that are not in those boundaries. We may save some spaces for that. Um, we'll have to see as we go along. And again, as we hire that next principal um, and we really start looking at our numbers and how to best utilize those spaces, I think we'll have a better understanding and be able to communicate that. But right now, I can uh, I can tell you for that 25, 26 school year, uh, probably 99% of the students are all going to be within the boundaries of Sequoia uh, Middle School, what they would be for the 6th and 7th grade also. Okay. All right. So s- some final thoughts in terms of we've talked about 25, 26 school year. Mm-hmm. You know, new principal right. will be hired next school year. Yeah. Um, what are any other final steps that we're going to take? We've got construction starting here, they're actually during Christmas break, correct? That's correct. Um, so, parent, this we're recording this before Christmas break, but you won't see it till after. Um, so, you will by the time you're you're hearing this or watching this, you probably will see some construction being uh, underway. Any other final thoughts that we want to cover that we didn't that you guys could think of? I just I think that's a good point. It just ask for patience with parents yeah. because with all construction um, progress, it can be inconvenient at times, and we're going to have to look at some ways uh, with Mr. Beach communicating out to those parents of how to to deal with that construction and. Um, there'll be and some traffic, traffic, traffic flow is going to be an issue. That's it, something it, that we're going to work on a video that parents will be able to see and kind of how to navigate that. Correct. So, but, uh, it's an exciting thing and it's a, a new way to do school and I'm just fired up for the future for our students to be able to experience that. And I think some of the things that we, you know, fight just in, as personal, like not even professional is like, I've lived in Broken Arrow a long time. And there was probably five years where nothing changed. You know, like it would be like the roads pretty much were all the same. We all complained about them, but there, anymore. <laughs> there wasn't a ton of construction, right? Like you get some, you get across Lynn Lane pretty quickly, right? Like now there's 
15 lights. And I mean, I used to, I lived on the south side of town and I worked at Centennial. I could get there in 15 minutes. That's a 45 minute drive now. Right. Like, and so, but what that is, is that's growth, right? Like we're, we're attracting people. And one of the main attractions we know is schools. And so it's something to be proud of. And the only reason it's happening is because we're doing the right work. Right. We're growing because we're doing the right things. And so uh, it's always, you know, we don't mind, you know, mind our construction or sorry for our construction. And that's really what we, we we have to say. But it's all because we live in a district that's growing. I would much rather be a part of that than a district that's trying to figure out how to utilize the spaces that they have and they're not occupied. And it also gives us because if you're in that space, you're not trying to be, you know, innovative. Right. right. And so, you know, I just really excited about the innovation we can have because we're not, you know, they always say desperation kills innovation, right? So we're not desperately trying to manage like, you know, our enrollments and like, are we dying? Are we doing, you know, so we can be innovative. We can try some different things because we have the support of our patrons. We have the support of the people that are moving in. And those things are happening because it's a great community. And that starts with our education. Andy, any other, other final thoughts from you? Well, I, I, I'm still having a ton of excitement from the simple fact that I, I think we get this misnomer that, like, just because it's the eighth, eighth grade academy that it's all by itself. Well, that's the farthest from the truth in the sense of what I want, because, like, ideally, I've got eighth graders coming to my campus. I've got freshmen going there, you know, in other words, sharing resources. Yeah. Um, you know, with that comes my teachers working with that, the, you know, the eighth grade teachers and different things to where we're including experiences that, that benefit both grades. And so, again, we're, we're missing the point if we think they're on an island. You know, we, we want those spaces shared. We want those kids working together. You know, I, I want eighth and ninth being together to to, you know, on all fronts, whether that be fine arts, whether they're using my space. And, you know, there are some things that going on are going on at Sequoia that that my kids could benefit from as well. And so, again, we're we've got a great opportunity in front of us. It's not it's not putting them on the island. It is literally just making us find a way to where we create better pathways and then make it more sustainable all the way through high school. And so I, I, I love that part. Mr. Perry, any final thoughts from you or any questions for these guys? You want to wrap uh, it up? No, I, I think we've covered about everything. I just think it's a, a process and going back to what you were saying um, in regard to we've uh, the easy thing would have been just gone with our first plan and rolled with it and done school. And I like it that we've really vetted things out and um, pulled some things back and logistically tried to see what we can do and our goal is to have the biggest impact we can on these students and i appreciate all the committee's work that you all have spent a lot of hours on um, getting to us where we're at now and it's going to be a good thing for the district and i think parents are going to be pleased with it uh, once we have it completed awesome i'd like mm -hmm. to thank andy rice and brandon chitty for joining us here on this episode of core values be sure that you're subscribing to broken air schools on youtube and following our all of our social media platforms as well Gentlemen, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.